so without further ado, I want to introduce my panelists for today. Um, Tori, you can introduce yourself first. Hey, hello, 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 everybody. My name is Shatori, for those who don't know me. Um, I am a mother of two beautiful daughters that drive me crazy, but I love it. Um, I'm also a fitness instructor. Um, my day job actually is elevator mechanic. So I'm fixing elevators, you know, five days a week. Um, and I am not married, but just like Traquan said, this book is not for just those who are married, been in a long-term relationship. So this book, things that I'm excited to discuss with you guys today. All right, Dee, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, good evening, or should I say good night, everyone? Um, most of you may uh, my name is Avon Hodges. Uh, yeah, I'm a father, um, I'm a loving person. I'm that unprofessional person everybody go to for advice. <laughs> um, yeah, I have background in um, being a counselor. I've done that for numerous of years. Um, yeah, just basically just touch bases with a mass of people, just have a positive open discussion. Um, based on a book, I've been in a long-term relationship, um, but just want to give you guys an insight. I don't want you to take this off of, based on my relationship, but just give them a perspective that I to get in a relationship and just my experience of just pretty much just living. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited to just um, have a discussion with you guys. Yeah, hopefully, if not one person, many more than that could just take something away from it. So let's go. Right, exactly, exactly. And that, and that's what I love so much about, you know, what, what I've been able to create is that it's more so of an open discussion rather than me speaking and saying, this is law, right? And how many times have we been somewhere, been at a barbecue, been at work in a break room, and you having this conversation, like, how are we even talking about this right now? But then you go home and you're thinking about that, like, yo, that really changed my perspective. I never thought about it like that. Or, um, you know, you have a random conversation with a stranger and you're like, you know what, well, I never thought about this like that. Um, so that's what, that's another reason why I wanted to do it on Facebook Live, because I want for everyone to be able to chime in, for everybody to be able to comment and say something. And then maybe I might walk away and be like, yo, I never thought about it like that, had such and such not commented or had I not had you two as panelists. So, um, you know, diving right into the topic um things i wish i'd known before i got married um i chose a few three different chapters that i wanted to discuss um three different topics and i love the fact that in this book if you haven't read it already he literally phrases every uh chapter like i wish i would have known uh x y and z right so um the first chapter that i thought was like like monumental um was uh i wish i would have known uh, that being in love is not an adequate foundation for building a successful marriage. So like, like that right there was really just mind blowing because again, whether you've been married, whether you've been engaged, whether you're single, this is information that we need to know. Like, you know, before you even go down that route, um, and he talks about a lot of different instances in the book where um, he does counseling and he's talking to different couples. And when he's counseling them, they're like, all right, after the first session, well, we're in love. So marry us now. 
Um, and, you know, he, he describes the in love feeling. Um, he uses a word called the tinglys, right? And, and he says like, you know, that tingly feeling when, um, when you with somebody and every time you walk away from them, you want to call them, you text them, you're thinking about them all the time. And that's not to say that 10 years down the line, you don't feel like that. But in the very beginning, I think we can all attest that it's just different. Like, it's just different. Um, and the question that I want to pose to you guys um, is if the average lifespan of this tingly feeling, right, is two years, right? Because we have this tingly feeling and we just run with that. And there's, there's certain things that we don't talk about, like um, intellectual uh, compatibility, um, spiritual compatibility um like social interests like like what type of stuff are you into when you're not around me do we have any common values like so we skip over that um and we just go straight to the i'm in love i'm feeling tingly so if the average lifespan um of the tinglys is two years how much longer after that do you think you can expect to experience that like euphoric feeling Uh, right. Um, so I'll just jump in with that. So we see an average. Um, hopefully, everyone would want to feel like for the extensive capacity of their marriage, those tingly feelings. Because if we in the beginning, we 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 label those tingly feelings as butterflies. If you, right. A lot of say is butterfly. Um, uh, I think it's important to try to always we being real and being real means like in the beginning you get the butterflies and then down the line like do we just deal with the person do we just tolerate the person how do we get those butterflies back right so it's all about building that foundation and with some of the subtopics that intellectual talk about having an emotional control and a social interest i feel like if we talk about those things then we could always know what what you want and what your significant other want and always put that um in the forefront and keep that in mind to keep that lifespan of the tingle on forever but who's to say can it happen for the average person can it happen we don't know but it's just a conversation that i feel like it needs to be had i i agree um so touching on that i think that the tingles Especially as long as you know, the conversation, the connection is there. Um, I do believe that as long as you're getting to know your partner, excuse me, the baby, as long as you're getting to know your partner on a daily basis, you'll, you'll never fully know someone unless you're, you know, in, 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 in love that someone that you love and you're learning them that tingly feeling is always going to be there like i'm always going to want to talk to you all day i'm always going to want to know how your day is you know i'm always going to want to come back to you and discuss how my day was those are the tingly feelings that i think will always be there as long as they're the next thing or something to have in common with someone I, I totally agree with that so so let me ask you a question at what point 
in the relationship do um or in the friendship because you know we we really want to be friends like you know with people before you even you know take that step and and things of that sort but at at what point in the situation do now we start talking about those different values like the the intellectual emotional um social interests like are we connected spiritually like do we have spiritual unity um common interests like are those things because from my experience i've noticed that um a lot of those simple or what may seem simple points are like talked about like when y'all move in and you like what you believe you're like what you mean you're atheist like i never knew that like you get what i'm saying like and just just to use that as an example if you are an atheist you know you know that's between you and the man upstairs and and um you know what but um like at what point at what point do you know like do you talk about those things i think those Um, sorry excuse me no it's fine go ahead go ahead (laughs) Um, I think those come up, I do agree, after you live with someone because, you know, they don't know somebody who you live with them. So certain conversations come up where you, you're learning things about someone when you live together. Because now we're coming from being social with and then coming back, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the night. So you know, certain conversations come up, you know, only really when you live together and when you're like doing life together, paying bills, you know, food shopping, like the daily, you know, day-to-day what would seem normal to, you know, everybody. This is what you're doing with that person. So certain conversations come up financial, you know? So. Right, so um, I totally agree. Um, and I just want to piggyback off what you said. I'm glad you said the word like that may can come up when you live together. Um, but we got to think about the mass of people today. Um, the reason certain people don't move in with each other is because certain, certain, some, well, some of these things weren't discussed prior to moving in. So they have that fear like, oh, if, if we don't have the same social interest, why should I move in with someone? If we can't have a intellectual conversation, why should I move in with someone? Um, so that brings fear to people. So I think, <laughs> once I say hi to me, you see me on video, hi baby. Um, yeah, it's important to have these conversations. Um, well, most of these conversations in the beginning, you just wanna know what you get yourself into because let's think about it. Now that we, we're living together, now we gotta face bills. So I can't just pick up and leave tomorrow because there's gonna be a bill due that we both have to share. But I'm so less so that I know what we're dealing with. If I'm an emotional person, I have someone to support me. When I do, ha- I struggle with what I'm saying. So I, I could be take place in the but not. Let's, let's, let's pull the fold. Let's, 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 let's let it take place in the why not. Right. So then when you go down the line, you, you know exactly what you're dealing mm-hmm. with. Because if you look a lot of conversations, a lot of relationships and conversations, a lot of, a lot of relationships don't succeed because of certain conversations are not had in the beginning. So then you don't have the foundation that you should have had. So then you jump right. into the relationship and now you're seeing later on, okay, so I'm living with this person now. I didn't know this person snore. Did <laughs> right. I ask this person what's the bad right. habits they look, may look, have? Look. 
It so was up and was up. Now you stuck. The funny thing, the right. funny thing is, you know, knowing what we know now, you know, at our age and you know what we've been through, you know what, like, if you were going into a new relationship, you would know what to ask. But if you're in a long-term relationship, certain conversations you don't know to bring up to a person. Certain questions I don't know to ask you. You know, if you're uh, a morning person or if you like your ex easily, I don't know right. to ask certain things. Unless, That's also in the book, you know, by the way. I, <laughs> I don't know to ask certain questions unless you know it's presented in front of me. You know, like. If I had to go out and start dating now, which is not happening, <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking for. If you're in a relationship from a teenager or, you know, just blind to certain things, you don't know, you know, what to ask, you know, what to be aware of. Right, right. I, so. def I definitely agree with that. And that's why information is so key and having conversations like this not to say that this is what you should do, but just more so like, have you thought about this, right? So I want to make sure that we that we get into everybody's comments. So, hey, Michelle. Um, also, uh, Natalie. Um, Natalie says, I think you should first make sure you're on the same page and ensure you both have the same definition of the word love. Um, I think that that's so key. Um, and then that goes into um, the book that he, the, a book that Gary Chapman also wrote um, called The Five Love Languages, where it discusses um, five different general principles or how people express or would like to receive love. So making sure that y'all have the same definition of love is, is like vital because if you think, if your definition of love is gifts, um, but my definition of love is acts of kindness, then you're looking at me like, oh, well, I'm buying you gifts. I'm buying mm -hmm. you gifts. Like, why are you not happy? And then I'm looking at you like, well, I'm mowing the lawn. I'm mowing the lawn. Like, why are you not happy? But we got two definitions of the word love. Right. Um, so Natalie, I think that that was a great um, comment. And then we have another Natalie, uh, the younger Natalie. She also, uh, she said, you learn someone uh, once y'all live together and you learn their habits. Yes. So kind of going uh, like up the alley of what we um, what we were saying, like there's a I agree um, mm -hmm. with both of y'all takes in the sense of there are a lot of things that we should try to bring up at, up front as much as we possibly can. Um, but like any situation in life is really hard to know it until you're actually in it. So, of course, there are going to be things mm -hmm. that don't come up. But putting that plan in place, um, I think is key. Um, and um Natalie said, absolutely, Devon, we must discuss before we move in. Uh, key already. I think that it should be discussed from jump. So a lot of people is like, listen, yes. from rip, sure. first date, let me talk to you. Like, let's figure this right. out. Um, Natalie said, knowing someone's responsibility level. Like, that's that's a major, that's a major, that's major. Like, knowing, like, how responsible is this person? Can I depend on this person? Like, Right. Like that's major. Right, you right. Know the funny thing. Sorry, <laughs> I keep cutting. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the funny thing about what you just said, Traquan, um, about responsibility level. Um, so I'm the oldest, you know. So I'm a natural born leader, you know. My partner, he's not the oldest, 
So, you know, I don't think we bump heads in that in that instance, but at the same time, you have people who don't know how to lead. And then you have people who know how to lead. And right. you would think, okay, he's the man and he should know how to lead. But no, a lot of that plays on what their responsibilities were as they grew, you know, what, right. what did their parents put them, you know, in charge of, you know, like I was in charge of a lot. So I know how to be a leader, but not necessarily, you know, what I'm have, you know, I didn't know I was going to meet somebody who didn't know, you know. Right. Or had to learn or just wasn't quality. in that place just yet, you know. Right. Well, so the most important part about um, what, what you guys just said, um, it's the middle ground. Um, when you go into a relationship, um, we all come from like a different background of the way we grew up and the way we had to be as a child in, in adulthood. Um, so if you have someone who not necessarily a leader, but it's the open dialogue to be like, hey, I know I'm leading most of the time, but hey, if you could just pick up the slack in this mm-hmm. area and that dialogue, that person could because in a relationship with you and right. you compromise, they could lead in certain areas. So it's that mm. in between. You could be a natural born leader. They could be a person that's not leading, whether they were mm. the oldest child or the youngest child. You just mm. want to make sure that within a relationship, that conversation is had because you got needs that want to be met and that person got needs that want to be fulfilled and mm. vice versa. You get right. what I'm saying? So it's that All in between. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I know you're not used to leading, but with me, like I'm used to someone doing 50-50 with the whole leading aspect of right. it. So let's work on it. I, Basically, I, love, the, yo, I really love that you said that though, because that that brings us into the next the next chapter. So we, we got three chapters. Chapter one, we just went over, <laughs> uh, which was um I wish I I wish I had known that um love wasn't an adequate an adequate foundation for marriage. Now, chapter four, and I'll start with you, Devon, since you were like in mid-thought. Um Chapter four is titled, I wish I had known how to solve disagreements without arguing. Right. Um, in this particular oh. chapter, um, uh, the author, Gary Chapman, talks about different um, strategies on uh, speaking to each other. And um, he uses a, 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 a sentence where he says, um, when two people disagree, it calls for negotiation. Uh, the process requires someone to make a proposal, listen to a counterproposal, and seek to find a solution that everyone can agree on. Um, so my question to you is, how often do you think most people um, approach a disagreement as a negotiation? Um, <laughs> I, I want to say I really agree with the idea of it because I feel like um, there will be less trouble in a lot of relationships, whether it's a friendship, a relationship, or a marriage, or someone just trying to figure out like, um, if they had that same mindset that he had, um, it would just be less um, tension. Um, but to be completely honest from what I experienced and what I've seen, um, a lot of people don't do it, to be honest. And then we got to go back and think about the word disagreement and we got to really define what's an argument because you can explain to someone they can take that as an argument as you just expressing yourself so that's the most important part between like you and your significant other just knowing that, like the difference of what an argument is and what a disagreement is and how to come to common terms so it can be a negotiation to where you give in 
or receiving and vice versa. But a lot of, I don't think a lot of people even about what's a disagreement. A lot of times people just maybe jump to conclusions and just shut down because of they heard something that they didn't agree with. So it goes back to just understanding what those actual words really, really mean. Um, and I feel like once we understand what those words actually mean, then we could get the grasp of how do we come to a negotiation and how we could go from there to finding a resolution. Right. And, and Tara, how do you, how, so even with the, um, remember we talked about like how Gary Chapman phrased the negotiation process. How vital or um, what do you think about the idea of being in the midst of an argument, right? So now it sounds good when, when we're just having conversation and emotion levels, but when emotion levels are high, like how, how easy would you say that it is to be able to say, okay, I'm upset, I'm dis I, we, we're disagreeing right now. I'm gonna make a proposal mm -hmm. and not only make a proposal, which is basically say, I'm gonna tell him what I think it is and this <laughs> okay. is what it is, right? So you're gonna make your proposal. I think the hardest part is in my opinion, I wanna know what yours is, listening to that counter proposal, right? Like actually saying, you know what? This is what I want, right. let me hear what you want and then um, come into an agreement. So I think the, the biggest thing with disagreements and arguments um, because you can say whatever you need to say, you know, you can say it really harsh, that'll turn into an argument because automatically you're jumping to defense mode. You can say it, you know, in the nicest way possible. And then, you know, there's the, you know, delivery is, is the biggest thing for me um, because I shut down, you know, like the worst thing I think when it comes to disagreements and, and arguments, the worst thing I think is to just because now I can't read your mind. It's said than done to say I'm gonna come back to you. Let me let me ponder on that for a little while because in the heat of the moment, you gotta hear what's on my mind. Like I have to tell you about yourself. I have to tell you, you know, how you made me feel. But the healthiest thing is what he, he was talking about is you know learning to pull back and say, hey, you know what. And, and saying my way is better, but put that to the side and, I, and I'll do it your way. You know, and that, that's a lot, you know, that yeah. takes a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. But I think that will definitely help in, you know, arguments, agreements. Yeah. So um, just, just going down to our comments, like I see that... Um, you know, uh, Natalie said, or or let's just say Nikki, just so we can distinguish the two Natalies. Um, Nikki said, the way that you feel should never be an argument. It should come to an agreement when love is involved, uh, which is which is key. Like if, if, if you claim to have this feeling or if you actually have this feeling for a person, um, you know, you should always uh, be open to hear their feelings. Um, in the book, Gary Chapman actually talks about actually going to your partner um, at one point and not actually speaking your own mind, but saying, hey, I want to listen to you. 
Um, and I think like how how often do like do you hear people say like they like your significant other comes and say, listen, I, I just want to listen to <laughs> you, you. and don't say anything, just listen. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know, just like just to to really go into what Nikki said, like, you know, um your feelings should never be I, an issue. They're your feelings. And I love you because I care about your feelings. I mean, I agree. I agree, Natalie. That's how it should be. But in the real world, um, you have people who are not trying to hurt your feelings. Like, you know, say for instance, you know, someone comes to you and say, you know, hey, what you did, that really hurt my feelings. And you get offended because you're not trying to hurt their feelings. So then that right there, you're jumping to defense mode. That person is, is, is upset. And then now you're upset because you're accusing me of some of doing something to you that I had no intentions on doing. So that right there can yeah the, the argument or the disagreement because now we're both on defense mode, mm-hmm. you know? So Right. So yeah. being able to come to your partner open, the not really like, you know, on edge and being able to accept what they're saying. And, right. and I think really, I love the way that Gary Chapman writes because it's, it's so broad that it can reach, um, you know, anyone regardless of what your point of view is, right? Because that, that whole listening piece where you're saying like, yo, like that's not even how I took it. But now we can take that as the counter proposal wow. stage. Like, yo, just, just take a listen mm-hmm. to what I'm saying, what I'm proposing. Um, and although mm-hmm. it's not in the form of a negotiation, like listening is always key. Like, and it's always gonna be a key um, but mm-hmm. just we we we're, we we listen so much to talk, um, and I know I'm guilty of that a lot too. Like, because uh, I just always think I'm the I'm just listening, piling it together. Like, and I'm gonna rebuttal something you said, but it's gonna start with and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so definitely, um, Natalie said that um, now that uh, Torah that is rich, you know, delivery. Um, and then Key already said, I agree 100% with, with, the, with delivery. Uh, Nikki said delivery is key. Um, Adrian Max said, I believe I have to tell you about yourself to avoid an argument. I believe both parties are willing to listen to one or the other. Uh, Mary said, you can keep holding your feelings for him to keep him calm. Um, yeah, Nikki said Tora heavy on the special delivery. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so um I, I think great points like overall, like even the comments, like you know, like people are saying things in the comments that's just kind of like generating conversations and, and allowing me to look at even the book that I've read in a different type of way mm-hmm. and all of these different um scenarios. And um my next question is um in normal conversation, um, how often do you start your sentences uh, with the word you as opposed to I? So we're talking about in these negotiations, like how often have you started your sentence with you instead of I? Um, and I think just simple verbiage like that, like I don't even have to use that in a sentence. I think everybody you know, kind of get where I'm coming from when I when I start my sentence with you instead of mm. I. So, Devon, like, how crucial do you think that is using I rather than you, or does it have a difference at all? Like when you're in the midst of a negotiation. I mean, um, it's very very important um, to use the word I instead of the word you. Like most times when you use the word you, 
Just to be quite frank, it's a blame game. You did this or you me feel this way. You did that. You get what I'm saying? So it's basically like a blame game. But I feel like if we approach it with, oh, um, I feel this way or I'm ready to listen or. Right. And in all eyes, you're taking accountability. So basically, it just changes the whole dynamic of the conversation. Um, it sets itself upon my with hey, I feel like you should do this or you should do that. You can say, I think we should sit down and we should do this. Or I think that is for it to like, you're going to have open dialogue. No one is going to be able to shut down because it's, it's, it's a smoother tone. So I think it's very, very important just taking accountability because pretty much I took the accountability. That's right. it. Like, and, that's a, and that's one of the hardest parts, taking accountability because um, I... At times, I have a very big ego, like, so accountability, like, I ain't do that, like, wrong, who does wrong, huh, <laughs> like, or at least at times, that's how most people feel like they partner feel, like, like, you never feel like you wrong, you think you do everything right, and you, mm -hmm. you, you, and even that, um, like, to, to go to Taurus point earlier, when, when you talk about having conversations and people are defensive, once you say you, oh, when, I'm picking that yeah, shield up. Yeah, you throw that you out there, it's... It, you might as well do this to them. Right. <laughs> With the finger on the forehead, gotta touch it. <laughs> so it, so and that, that, like Natalie that. said, um, new statement start a fight. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Basically, if you want to start a fight without saying "let's fight," just say "you" and point the finger. <laughs> you got a whole fight. <laughs> Right. And then uh, Jose Gonzalez said, every day we tend to play the blame game. The magic is when you realize that when you point your finger at one person, they're always one pointing a finger right back at you. Okay, Jose. Let's go. Yes. All right. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. You said amazing <laughs> podcast, bro. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, but, but, but really, though, like, so Tara, now from a female perspective, how do you feel once you hear that you as opposed to I, like, does it make a difference? So, so Devon kind of spoke to us about being the person actually saying the you's and the I's and taking accountability. How, how does it feel for you when someone says you versus I or I versus you? I mean, at first, automatic, you know, I'm offended. But, you know, knowing what I know now, you know, I learned to I accept that, you know, because I want you to tell me, you know, so you can, you can take it either way. You could be defensive about it, or you can take that as a, okay, let me know so I can change this, you know, tell me, listen, you hurt my feelings because, or when you did this, it made me upset because now I'm going to take into account, okay, he didn't like that, or, you know, she didn't like that. Let me not do it again. Now, if I don't know, then now we have a problem. Like we said before, we're not minded right. See, personally, I don't know about, you know, other women or other people, but I like for someone to come and tell me, you know, what it is that I did wrong or what it is that hurt their feelings or what they did not agree with. Because right. now that just leaves room for discussion. Okay. You know, or, and it's room for growth for me because now, I love you. I'm not trying to hurt you. That's the furthest, furthest thing from my mind, you know? Right. So it, 
I want you to tell me. So you can yeah. start off with you to me, because now I'm like, okay, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's talk it, about it. Know? Whole fit. You was like, hey, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. I'm so happy. To- what? Yeah. What, you, what are we talking about here? Like, okay, and, okay. so much you gotta say, you know, because <laughs> I want. And um, so Gary Chapman says, um, and all of these points, guys, are really like a lot of these subtopics and that that you guys are hearing in regards to um, to each chapter that we're talking about at the end of each chapter. Um, and this is, this is, again, I, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this a million times before, you know, the episode is over. It's so, um, the book is so well written in the sense that it's written for single, engaged, married. Um, and it gives you all this information about a bunch of stuff that he wish he would have known that he uses in his counseling sessions um, with individuals that he speaks with. And at the end of each chapter, there's a section or a segment um, if you have the audio book or, um, if you have the book, you'll have like the paper version of this. Um, and even in the audio book, there's a PDF that has all of this, um, on one sheet, but at the end of each chapter, there's a section called talk it over. Um, and then they give scenarios of each of the things or the highlighted things that, um, that he spoke about. Um, and you can use that and, um, and have an exercise with your partner, or you can just use it to reflect with yourself like okay how often do i use you or i or how often have i done this in the past um and and it's all about personal growth so like when we look at a better me equals a better we um regardless of how much information this book has or anything else that we discuss we have to look at ourselves inwardly how can i take this information and grow how can i take this information and be better um and how like I can't take the thorn out of my brother's eye until I take it out of mine. So, you know, we we gotta we gotta say that one more time. Say that one more time. Hold on, hold on. Say that one more time. Oh, I said I said I can't take the thorn out of my brother's eye um, until I take it out of my own first. So that that's something yeah. that um, you know I really want us to all think about um, when we're talking about like this because yes, we're sharing personal experiences, um, but the key is for for all of us to hear each other's input. Um, so that we can expand our way of thinking, expand our way of looking at things and make ourselves better. So now when we're in relationship or when we, when we're done with this podcast and we go back to our significant other, um, somebody, somebody going to go to their significant other after this. I promise you guys, somebody's going to go to their significant other and say, Hey, I want to listen to you and, and don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't, don't have nothing to say. Even if they say something that you don't like, you just going to listen, take it all in. Like, yo, you have, do you have anything on your chest right now? I just want to listen to you. And, and they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Like, what? Yeah. Like, no, I, I just, I'm just checking in on you. I just want to listen to you. Like, just yeah. little stuff like that, um, I think that we can all take and grow from. Um, one of the other points uh, that Gary Chapman had um, in regards to approaching disagreements like uh, negotiations, uh, he said that negotiations are enhanced when our requests don't sound like demands. So Tora, I'm gonna start with you. How often do you think your request sounded like a demand? Mm. I gotta be careful because I don't like to be <laughs> like pushy. You know, sometimes I can, you know, come off kind of aggressive. Um, 
I don't think it's that often, honestly. Honestly, I don't. Um, you know, I make suggestions and I leave room for him to say, nah, I don't think, you know, I always ask first. Okay. Do you think, do you think we should do this or do you, do you think we should do it this way or do you think we should do it that way? I tr at least I consciously, you know, yeah. do that because I, yeah, I never I want, I you know, yeah, I want him to feel like a man. You know, I don't want to, you know, emasculate him. Like, you're just doing what I say, and that's that. Because, one, he's not that man. <laughs> so right. I can ex I can, right. <laughs> I can expect him to say, well, no, no, I don't agree. You right. know? <laughs> um, but I do try to, you know, make sure that there's never a, you know, he's not my child. You know? Right. We tell our children, you know, we negotiate with our partners. So I don't do, I don't think I do. <laughs> so how, how about you, um, Devon? How, how often um, would you say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you personally. I'm going to ask you right. to speak for the masses. How, how often do you think um, most people make requests, um, but they really sound like demands? Um, we're all human. Um, so I think it happens often than not. Um, I think that we just got to just expand our vocabulary. So instead of saying, I think you should do this, or I think this needs to be done, or you have to do this to please me, I think it's, hey, can we do this? Um, just expanding our vocabulary, because I think it happens a lot. To be completely with you, to a few people that make you tour, to you got a second. Yeah, we just got to expand our vocabulary. Um, just think about not only ourselves, but what the other person needs. So it doesn't come out as a demand. And just use the words, can we, or do you think it's possible if you can? Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Just to make the other person feel comfortable. Just, and show that sign yeah. of unity. Right. Absolutely. Unity. I think Absolutely. it's also knowing who you're dealing with. That, this is a sample fact. You know, as a... You never want to feel like your man is a pushover. So I don't ever want to feel like, um, you know, I'm talking reckless to my man and he's just like, okay, baby, you know, whatever you say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, man. A yes, man to be exact. Yes, man. Would, yeah. Right. Don't don't you like yes that. Y'all don't like right? that? Okay. No, we don't need a yes, man. So I think it, it for the for the woman, is no, you know that, you know, they're going to, your, your partner is going to speak up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's dope. And that's dope. And and the last chapter I want to go over, like speaking up is like so key. And I think that this chapter, um, chapter eight, um, as well as chapter one uh, about love not being an adequate um, foundation. I think this is uh, one of the chapters that I think most people struggle in relationships or where when everything is good, this is where they hit like all right, wait, we, we need to talk about this. Um, and chapter eight is titled, I wish I would have known that we needed a plan for handling our money. Um, and key word, our money, right? So what you do with your money is what you do with your money. But now when we become a unit, or if, if again, if you're single, of course, this does not apply. Um, to you, but at some point, if you plan to wait, but it should, right? But at some point, if you plan to be in relationship with somebody, I think that the mindset should be that at some point 
when I do take this step, marriage, engagement, whenever, you know, I, I can't tell you when to start being unified, but especially once you hit marriage though, that's where legally every, the dollars, like if you, if you, if you fall out and don't wake up, guess who getting that money? Like, you know what I'm saying? If such and such don't pay a bill, guess who credit score going down? Like, um, so, you know, I think that that's something that we don't, we don't talk about until it's too late or one person has really good habits and one person has really bad habits. Um, I think that that's something that we see that's very common. So, um, Devon, I'll start with you. Like, what do you think is a good financial end goal, like for a couple? Um, speaking to average dating for a mom, for the couple who've been dating for five years, a couple who've been together six years and 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 married. Um, I think it it starts with just the conversation, and the end goal is to accommodate the household as a unity when it comes to whatever financial burden or bill be. Um, I don't think that there's this one end goal because one person's financial situation could um, not reflect the next person's financial situation. The end goal is just the unity and that um, that budget. That's Whether it's a spreadsheet where they physically mapped it out together, but they right. did the work. And they understand the finances that both of them are partaking in to become, or it's just the overall conversations like, all right, I got this aspect of it, you got the aspect of it, but together we sum up this amount. Right. That's just the end goal. Right. Okay. And in the book, um, Gary Chapman tells one of his experiences with his wife, like um, when they both had, uh, they were in college. Um, and while they were in college, uh, she had agreed to go to school while he finished up um, his, uh, his graduate studies. Um, but then at one point it got a little rough. Um, so he wound up having to get a job and you know they was able to pay their bills and their normal necessities and stuff like that. They didn't want for anything. Um, but um, once he graduated and she got a job and he got a job and um, so they were able to make the sacrifice when they didn't have money, but he used the scenario that the problems weren't when we didn't have money because we knew that we didn't have money. But once we got money, that's when the problem started because we were so focused on sacrificing. Now where it's just, I just want to spend. I'm excited to spend. Um, and he said with the idea, with the, with, with the problem that they ran into was what to spend on and when to spend it. And um, Tora, I want to ask you, how common do you think that that is in relationships in general? Like, 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 what should, should you have a say in what your partner should spend uh, money on and when they should spend it? Um, I do think to some extent you should have, um, have a say. That is very common, especially, you know, when we have our wants. You know, we always want something, you know, and we have to learn to decipher our wants and what we need, you know, and, you know, figuring out what that end goal is, you know, are we saving towards something, you know, like, are we just building our credit? We had that, it has to be discussed. 
It has to be the best because that is something that I believe can get out of hand, you know, with because there's things that we need to have, we want to have, or we need to have today. Right. Right. I, and I agree with that. Um, some of the things that, because um, he gave a list of steps, and I'm not going to give y'all all the steps. Y'all going to have to read the book, listen to the book. Um, but I'll give you give you guys some of the key steps that he listed in regards to um, building financial unity with your partner, and and see which you know what y'all take on it. So step one, um, or one of the steps was uh, building unity, like having the mindset like we're in this together. Not like, nah, we just put $200 in account, $172.55 is mine. Like, you know, like, so <laughs> so building that unity, which I think is like self-explanatory, like I think building that unity and, and having that agreement, like, all right, financially we are unified. And I think it may seem simple, but sometimes you, you gotta actually say that, like, yo, yeah. we doing this together. Mm -hmm. um, and then- and I think that's yeah, go ahead, sorry, sorry. I think that's something that that of a relationship that you know want to go far in. Um, if you've ever, you know, been broke together, you know, they at the bottom. You know, like right. you know, you can see, you know, a person's values when you're broke together. Yeah. You know, yeah, like you can no see what, what they, yeah, <laughs> like what are their priorities? Because, you know, you have people that are broke and they're still spend money on the unnecessary, you know? So yeah, yeah. I would say like, you know, people who are in the beginning stages of your relationship, you know, pay attention to what they, you know, what their priorities is when they, that'll tell a lot about them when they do have it. Right. And, and. Devon, how, how important do you think it is to, um, in the very early stages, to kind of watch what your partner buys? Like when it's, like when it's just their money, like when you just meet, like do you, do you, have you ever looked at a person and said, Red Bottoms, Ray-Bans, Gucci dress, yeah, we might have a hard time paying bills around here, like, like, <laughs> you know, um, and, um, I think it's it's always important to watch the early signs. Um, I watched the first date. <laughs> so if we go <laughs> the first date and I'm paying for everything, cool, it's the first date, all right, all right. But it also goes with values and how that person was raised. Everybody wants to look. You want the Louis, the, the red bottom, the net. If it's in our budget, mm -hmm. we can still provide for you to do that. But the early right. signs are important. If we go to every date and I got to pay the tab for every date or... Um, if I suggest, which doesn't amount to the, the price of this date, and she always want to do that date, I mean, that's a, that's a sign there. Um, but it's not, it's not the end of the world. Um, let's just have that conversation. Right. Let's see how we can manage that within the budget. Let's see how right, that can work right. for us and what can't work for us. The early signs are important, man. Come on. Yeah. That's, and, and you know what? That's a fact. And in our first episode, um, Gender Roles, uh, we talked a lot about how, um, you know, gender roles is a very old school concept. Um, yeah. Nowadays, like you'll find a man that stay at home with the kids. Um, you know, you'll find a woman that's the provider. 
um, and things of that sort. And people are okay with that, like it works for them. Um, and then one of the things or one of the conclusions that we came to is that um, gender roles in some instances, um, maybe uh, consciously or in some different environments may still be around. Uh, but the principle more so is not a gender role, but everybody choose a role. And um, you choose a role, we're gonna figure out what needs to be done and make sure we get it done. So one of the things that I see here that's like very evident in all of the chapters that we went over um, is just kind of like everybody just figuring it out where, like where my place is, like where can I fit in? Where can I make the most impact or make the least impact to, you know, when it comes to an argument um, and things of that sort. And um, when you're building these plans, right? Do you think, um, and I'm gonna say, this is what I think. Oh, as a matter of fact, let's go to the comments before, before I, I ask that question. So Key already said, I'm old school. Uh, I believe a man should be a provider, but a woman should have her own just in case the table turns so you can also be there for him. So what do you guys think about that? Um, <laughs> well, for that question here already, um, yeah, much old school too, but um, just being um, a young adult in this modern society, um, it could go either way. It could go either way. I think that um, the most important part is that we just have that conversation. We know who's the breadwinner, who's not the breadwinner, and then we just go from there. Okay. You get right. Um, I don't think that it should hold the man as a provider. Yeah, I listen. I've been up sometimes. I've been right apart. You held me down. down. You get what I'm saying? Living a modern day society. Um, yeah, just basically about having that conversation. I feel like I keep seeing the word conversation. That's the foundation. Every topic that we if you don't have foundation, if you don't, the relationship won't last. Basically, about having to see where you fit in and that person fit in. And if um, you guys in goal don't align, you could either tweak, compromise, or you could just figure out what's best for you. Right. Mutual respect. That's that. Right. Right. I agree with that. Um, so, do you think it's um, a good idea when you're budgeting with your partner? Um, and Tora, I'll ask you this question. Do you think it's a good idea when you're budgeting with your partner? Um, to put a limit on the purchases that you guys can make uh, without consulting each other. So saying like, all right, if you're making a purchase over $100, you got to let me know. Um, I've never been there yet. We haven't, we haven't budgeted together. We just, we just go with the flow. As long as our bills are paid and we know we put some money aside, the savings, but when we do get, I do think there should be a limit in place because if we're on page and we have the same end goal and we know what it is that we want together as a family, it's necessary to say, listen, don't spend over $200 right. on sneakers. It is that, um, so yeah, I do think that's necessary to put a cap on it. <laughs> right. What you think, Devon? Absolutely. To be honest, um, I'm about to promote uh, next business. I'm uh, I'm selling spreadsheets for budgets. 
Uh, just let us know. <laughs> I was just joking. Uh, like she said, like everything she said, it was just pretty much accurate. Um, it's very imperative that that happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, so one of the last things, um, just to wrap it up, um, one of the last things that um, Gary Chapman talked about in this chapter uh, was that if you are engaged. Um, and I'll take it a step further and say, if you if you guys are at a point where you're uh, unifying your finances and, and you guys are that close, um, but I am pushing engagement in marriage though. Um, you know, I'm a big advocate for marriage and love. Um, and, uh, but if you guys are engaged, one of the things that you should talk about is your assets that you have and also your liabilities. Um, how often do we do stuff like that? Like when's the last time you know, you, you heard somebody say, yeah, I was dating this guy. He was just letting me know that his credit score was 400 and I don't know what I'm going to do, girl. Like, like how, and, or that he owns or, or, you know, how many times have you heard people say, yeah, I've been with him for 15 years. I just found out um, his mother left him a house. He got three houses in Florida. Like, like how often do we talk about like our, our assets and our liabilities? Like, so how, how crucial is that? Like to that, when you guys get to a point where you are um, unifying your money, um, that you're talking about like the assets and the liabilities that you bring to the table, like your debt and things of that sort. Well, that's very crucial <laughs> because you know that, um, you know, God forbid something happens, if this is a person that's, that you're gonna spend the rest of your life with, you know, these are things that they must know. You know, they have to know, it's not just about, oh, I love you. It's about, you know, we're in this together, you know, do, to do us part, you know? So they, ha they have aware of what you come with. And that includes find, you know, issues. What's wrong with your credit? You know, what do you have? What kind of debt do you have? Because it's, it's just fair. It's just because, like I said, if we're in this together, we're in all of it together. You right. know, for me personally, I'm pretty vocal about in my relationship about, you know, my finances and what I'm spending money on or what I'm in. Um, and you see it, you know, if I'm a woman, I like to buy clothes. I like to buy nice things. I like to buy stuff. Yes, yeah, I, I saw that bike. <laughs> it is something that is very crucial to the person that you're trusting you with. You know, God is, that's going to be the person pull a plug or to not pull a plug. So that's, you know, that's the trust right there. You know, I everything I come with and let's talk about it. Right. So Devon, how, how crucial is the debt aspect of it? Like, like coming into a situation on unifying money and one of you guys is in debt and and making that plan like do you think like as a community that we make because me personally I feel like as a community we don't make enough financial plans at all like not even just the simple ones it's just our financial plan is pay the bills after the bills is paid spend it to the last dollar like um for most for most people that I know like so um, and then you eat in, um, you know, uh, a bowl of ice until the next paycheck wow. comes uh, for lunch. So yeah. how how important um, is it to once talk about this debt that you may be coming into the situation in? And, and the second 
or part B of that question is how important is it now to make a financial plan to pay off that debt um, before you guys get into something like marriage? Um, it's very crucial. Um, just, just you guys already mentioned, it's really, really important. Um, I think that a lot of people don't do it. Um, I think that talking about and the burden a lot of people away, but you are afraid. Of, um, we um with the girl Yandy. Um, she said she she didn't want to get married to, because she didn't want to take over his debt. Yeah, she loved uh, well too, um, to be exact. Um, but she didn't want to marry him officially on paper because she didn't want to. Um, it's really really important. Um, talking about it, putting and all out on it so that because you get married, unfortunately, um, um, just talk about it to come out of it. Um, it's even more important to have a plan, a backup plan. Um, again, just finances, the finances and all. Just making sure that you guys are sustainable. Um, everybody wants to live a good life, um, but mm -hmm. if you don't take care of their debt, um, we all know debt can haunt you after death. So good. put a plan, a plan in place. Uh, take care of it. Um, don't only work and you need help if, if math is not your best subject come with somebody get advice on how to just construct a plan and just work on it uh, have a, a good life yeah right and just, and just go out there and seek that information like yeah, so yeah you want a little bit over yeah yeah and that's what a lot of things um that's what a lot of things that that's that that separates us all like your will your want like, how bad do you really want it? Like, you know, mm -hmm. how many people do you hear say they want to be millionaires or or live comfortable? No, and, they need it. But they 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 hit snooze. They hit snooze when the alarm come mm -hmm. up in the morning. You know what I'm saying? You got to be at work at 9:30. You working from home and you clock and you clocking in at 9:29. You know, like like or you waking up or opening your eyes at 9:29. Like, and I that was me at one point. Like that was me at one point. And that's just me being honest mm -hmm. with you guys. Like at one point, there was just certain things I can look at my relationship and say like, yo, like, I can't believe this is not going like this. I can't believe this is not going like that. Um, and, you know, not to turn this into a Bible study or nothing like that. But if, if you even look at um, the way that Jesus did a lot of things, he did a lot of things by example. Um, so, you know, if, if he can wash somebody's feet, you know, why can't I? Like, you get what I'm saying? And and that's, and to bring it back full circle, um, we have to look at ourselves internally, better ourselves, the better we are. The stronger one link is, the stronger the next link is, the, the stronger the chain is. Um, so a better me equals a better we. Just to recap with you guys real quick, we went over chapter one. Um, for people that actually do read the book, we went over a book by Gary Chapman entitled Things I Wish I'd Known Before I Got Married. This guy is also the same author of The Five Love Languages, um, best-selling author. We went over chapter one. I wish I had known that love wasn't a sufficient foundation for building a marriage on. Chapter four, I wish I had known how to solve disagreements uh, without arguing. And then chapter eight, 
I wish I would have known that we needed a plan for handling our money. So three very vital topics that I think um, in our communities and our relationships and our singleness, like we all need to think about um, just a little funny point. Like there's even a chapter in there that said, I wish I would have known that somebody had to clean the toilet. So, <laughs> That's my favorite one. <laughs> So it's a lot of humor in there. Um, It's a lot of different points in there, like literally like small stuff that you would have never thought to ask or talk to your partner about. Um, And it just it just jogs your mind to to so many different things. Like so um, thank you all of you guys for tuning in. Like I'm I'm super excited that I got to have this conversation. I'm you know sorry that we got on a little late. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we made it. Um, so thank you everybody that viewed um, this episode. Thank you, Tora. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devon. I appreciate you guys. Um, I appreciate your opinions. Like I learned so much and, and I talked to both of you guys so much, but even in being in this conversation, like I learned so much um, from you guys, like everybody that commented um, or shared the video, like, thank you. Um, everybody whose input was in there. Like I learned a lot. Um, just from hearing from you guys. Um, and do you guys have anything to say to the people before we go? Uh, yeah, just want to just thank everybody for just listening, just being a part of it. Um, this is actually my first podcast. Um, I'm beyond excited. Like, I can't wait to get off, to be honest. To get on. But that's neither here nor there. Listen, yeah, and if, you, um, if you're doing something, you if y'all question. doing something on the side, Shout y'all brands out. Let them know what oh. y'all do. Let them know where to find y'all. What like shout shout y'all out. Well, all right. Just thank everybody for just uh just continuing the conversation, asking the question. Again, there's no there's no law to any of this that we spoke about today. It's just about just spreading knowledge and just information and just trying to push the culture. So once again, I just really appreciate you, all of you guys, for real. And thank you, Trey, for having me and Tor for even helping this conversation. But like. I want to do this more often. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Devon. Let's do this. Um, thank you, Traquan, for having me. This actually um, another exercise for me, being able to talk in front of the camera and you know being live. You know, I don't do this. You know, anybody who knows me knows I'm a little a little shy until you really get to know me. So thank you right. for you know helping me get out of that that. I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. <laughs> um, so thank you to everybody who tuned in. Thank you to everyone who shared the video, uh, shared the podcast. There will be more, right, Traquan? That's a thank fact. You for there this. will be more it's next Tuesday. Be so dope. You know, I'm super proud of you, bro. You know, I'm, I'm really, really proud Thanks. of you. I'm ever... Whatever panel is, you need a panelist, you need somebody, you know, piggyback some ideas off of, I'm in, and this is, you know, this is what I love. Hey, you told them you I was mean, a fitness mommy, so tell them where your fitness yes, stuff is at. I am a, I am a fitness mom. Um, you can, you guys can follow me on Imperfect Mom on Instagram, that's I-M-P-E-R-F-I-T underscore mom. That's on Instagram. So follow me. I'll be posting more about, you know, fitness and tips and everything very, very soon. I have some big things coming. So follow me on Instagram. Thank I'm you. Not, I'm, not I'm, I'm excited. I'm not a mom, but I'm excited. <laughs> get them mom fit. Get them mom fit, Tora. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, everybody, for tuning in once again. 
Um, and just remember, a better me equals a better we. I'll see you guys next Tuesday. And uh, by Thursday, this Thursday, you guys will have the information for the topic for the next episode, as well as the panelists. So look out for that uh, post on Thursday. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Better me, better we. Better we. Good night.